We've heard a glorious um, psalm today, the Lord is my shepherd and your shepherd. And we were reminded in First Peter that it is that shepherd who laid down his life even for the sheep whose name is Jesus. And then we come to a very peculiar gospel reading uh, that actually uh, seems to be completely disconnected but is united or connected in one very particular way that I want to focus on this morning. And uh, you would think that those three stories are far apart, uh, ministering to the least, the anointing of Jesus with expensive perfume, and the uh, story of Judas uh, purchasing uh, the, the right to purchasing uh, Jesus' betrayal. And, um, and yet those three are very tightly compacted, right, almost virtually right alongside each other in Matthew 25 and the beginning of 26. Let's give a backdrop to this and remind ourselves that just a few weeks ago, we looked at the marks of a disciple, a follower, in other words, of Jesus. We said the marks were one, participation, which means a worshiper, a small grouper, and a person who's given, devoted to daily quiet time. Participation, a second mark, generosity, a third mark, compassion, and a fourth mark of a follower of Jesus that we didn't mention a few weeks ago, but we could have mentioned is in a witness. I'd like to take this gospel reading this morning and focus on only one of those four marks, the second mark of a disciple, which is a disciple is characterized by generosity. Now, another kind of backdrop view that came uh, was given to us by Simon from Burundi, Africa, yesterday at the men's breakfast, simply to remind us of our financial circumstance. He Said Simon said, who is an Englishman who's lived in Burundi and done ministry there for the last decade, he said, just, he said if you make $40,000 a year, you are in the top 3.7% of income earners in the world. If you make more than $60,000 a year, you are in the top 0.9% of income earners in the world. So let's remember that, uh, the extraordinary affluence granted to us simply by virtue of our being born in this great nation. Now, with those backdrops in mind, let me ask you a very personal question, asking me as well. Are you a generous person? Are you a generous person? And I offer that with a premise. If you cannot answer that question in the affirmative, I'm sorry, uh, the pre- you, can, uh, you cannot answer that question in the affirmative, say, yes, I am a, a generous person. If you're speaking only of, well, I give a lot of time to this, or speaking, well, I use my gifts for that. Uh, one has to talk about one's finances when one is talking about being a generous person or not. And we could ask another question, say, well, what is the biblical minimal definition for a generous person? And I would suggest to you that the biblical minimal definition for a generous person is that is a person who gives 10% of what they have away. They give one-tenth of what they have away. It's interesting to me that culturally, 10% is half of what would be a minimal definition of a generous tip to a restaurant server. We would consider that 20% probably to be a generous tip, and it is half of that. Now, I know there are extremes as well. 
I did a little Googling just to pick up Warren Buffett, remembering his extraordinarily generous act of what to do with his billions of dollars as he has aged. And five years ago, he made a public commitment to give away 85% of everything he had, beginning immediately, beginning with the, uh, with the uh, committing to five different foundations that he would support them with literally his billions per year. His only caveat is the money he gave to a foundation had to be spent in that year. They couldn't hold on to it. I think that's lovely thought as well. So in Matthew's Gospels today, we have three pictures of how persons deal with their finances. Let's work from the last one back to the first and get the the, the dark one out of the way first. Judas asked the question, what will you give me? Now, if that is a predominant question always in our lives around finances, what can I get from them? How much can I get from them? What will you give me regardless of the, of the, the, uh, uh, the, the reason for this? You just want it. It leads one into questionable, usually questionable moral uh, territory very quickly because all you're thinking about is, what can I get out of this? It's not a very pretty picture. And I hope that most all of us, and I hope all of us really see that as one extreme of an individual's totally focused on, what can I get? What can I get? How can I get it? What can I get? And that is way over on this side. And... Um, that's something we want to look at and say, Lord, deliver me from that attitude. Deliver me from that mind and that sort of heart. Lord, not what can I get. Let's move the other way towards, Lord, what can I give? We have two more stories. And one is a story of lavish love upon the body of Jesus. Jesus is in Bethany, just a few miles from Jerusalem. And a woman moved to the heart's core with love and compassion for her shepherd and her Lord. Takes probably the most expensive item in her home and pours it out upon Jesus' feet. And the response from those who were watching that was indignation, Scripture says. And they're saying, why this waste? And Jesus said in response, Why are you bothering this woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. I tell you the truth, wherever this gospel is preached, throughout the world, what she has done will also be told. We're told in another gospel passage that uh, it was Mary who did this lavish act of love, one of his close followers, wasting the most valuable possession in her home on the Lord. And instead, the Lord said, that's not waste. What you're witnessing is lavish love. Have you ever wanted to be merry and be lavish in your love to the Lord Jesus? I want to suggest to you that there is a way for us to do that even today. And it's based on a principle that Jesus himself brought to the forefront. Jesus himself, who 
identified, made a one-on-one identification with himself and you. He saw you as his body. Paul got it. Paul writes in his letter to the church in Corinth, he says, now, you are the body of Christ. He talks to us about being members of the body, not as country club membership, but we are the hands, the feet, the care, the smile, uh, the physical presence of Jesus here on earth. He said, now, you, you are the body of Christ. Isn't that exciting? You're sitting here, and Scripture says, you are what remains of Jesus' body here on earth. Paul probably came to that realization himself on the road to Damascus when he is struck down by the Lord Jesus in a stunning experience of encounter. And Saul, who that was his name at the time, Saul says, Who are you, Lord? Because the voice of Jesus says to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And Paul probably is thinking, persecuting you? I'm on my way to Damascus to arrest some errant Jews, and I witnessed the stoning and consented to the stoning of another errant Jew whose name was Stephen, and I hope to round them all up. What are you talking about? And so he says, who are you, Lord? And he says, Saul, those errant Jews that you are after, you are persecuting me. You are directly inflicting harm and hurt upon my body. So if we can go with that theme that we are the body of Christ, I would then suggest to you in no uncertain terms that the way that we can be imitators of Mary who lavished her love on Jesus with her generosity is to be generous to the body. I find it very difficult to be generous to an institution. That's not where my heart gets strangely warmed. But if you're talking to me about the body of Christ, if you're talking to me about the family of God, these wonderful biblical images that are descriptive of you and me, and you ask me to be lavishingly loving to that body with my generosity, I can really get into that. Oh, you mean, Lord Jesus, it can be as if I'm wasting my wealth upon you, Lord, when I give to your body. And Lord, it would be in imitation of Mary who did that same act that will never, is never to be forgotten. I think the Lord would say, yeah, that'd be another way of lavishing your love on me, is uh, honoring the body here on earth with your generosity. What a picture. We're working our way backward. A third picture. Lord, well, first, Jesus commends a generous act or generous acts towards the least, the last, and the lost. I was hungry. You gave me, the Lord Jesus, something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me, the Lord Jesus, something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me, the Lord Jesus, in. 
I need it closed, and you clothed me, the Lord Jesus. I was sick, and you looked after me, the Lord Jesus. I was in prison, and you came to visit me, the Lord Jesus. He reminds them, whatever you've done to the least of these, you do for me. It makes me then proud in this springtime season that we have a fundraiser next week for reading camp for young children who are behind in their reading. It makes me proud that there was a Christian Learning Center fundraising auction, not only for the school, but a portion to be given away. It makes me proud that there is um, a Honduras shoe purchasing opportunity going on and an Applebee's pancake morning opportunity in which Applebee's will give four of those five dollars that it costs They will give it back for the Honduras trip. It makes me proud that on the right and on the left when I'm on the campus of St. Paul's, there are opportunities right in front of me of qualified ministries. We know they're not something that may be illegit. We know that basically 100% of that will go to a ministry. And here on a Sunday morning, I have an option on my left and on my right. And I can ask the Lord, Lord, which one are you asking me to support? And he may not say all of them. He may say, I want you to buy shoes for a child in Honduras. And he said, I want you to support the Christian Learning Center's auction. It's already passed. I want you, and we choose what the Lord puts on our hearts. I've been asked to participate in an act of generosity in Jerusalem, something that captured my imagination uh, for the acquisition of something for Jewish-Christian relations. And they believe the acquisition of this ancient model of the temple will actually bring Jews and Christians together. They know it will. And that it will actually be a a, give common ground for conversation and an opportunity for conversion as well. I'm excited that I was given that opportunity to give. Fifth Sundays, an opportunity. First Sundays, dried goods brought here by you as you Give to the least of these. So in these vignettes this morning, we have the dark one, Lord, not like that. And we have the lavish one, Lord, your body, I'm going to be lavish about in my generosity. And we have the least and the last and the lost one. And Lord, I know when I do it for them, I'm doing it to you. Wow. Well, there's something to do. You have an assignment. If you haven't already begun doing this, you need a plan for managing your money. You are who, who are in at least the 3.7% of the wealthiest income earners of the world. You need a plan for managing your money. Part of that plan needs to be this. You need to spend less than you earn. And I would offer you need to start now. Here's my plan for Ellen and me. Someone wiser than I thought of this, but it has worked ideally for us as our baseline for 35 years. 10%, 10%, 80%. 10% is unto the Lord. Minimum baseline for 35 years. 10%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%, 20%
towards savings for the unexpected as well as for the large down the road kinds of expense. And 80% is what I have to live on under the Lord's guidance and direction. It's a great plan. It works. And it honors the Lord in the best of ways. It gets us to that minimum baseline. And then we can think towards that um, um, Warren Buffett kind of, well, how much more can I do as well, Lord? So remember where we began To be a follower of Jesus means that we have taken on four habits of our lives. Participation, worship, small group, and quiet time because we want to. Generosity, a heart of compassion, and an opportunity, seizing opportunities for witness. So to be a follower of Jesus means that I am called to be or become a generous person which by definition has everything to do with my finances. Not what will you give me, Judas, but Mary, lavish love upon the body of Jesus and awareness and reaching out to the least, the last, and the lost. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. Mine too. Tomorrow will be as well, but today is the first day of the rest of your life. If you are not already, choose today and say, I will become a person of financial generosity to his body and to those who are the least. Lavish love, aid to the least. What an exciting thought. What an exciting thought lifestyle not what can i get but what can i give this time are you with me amen